If you've listened to any of my podcasts, this this is is previously, you've heard me talk a little bit about what I think the teacher's role is not. I've mentioned uh, the fact that I don't feel like we should be giving projects, and I've explained why. I feel like we should not be designing those projects, and I've explained why in a lot of details. But um, that just talks about what uh, a teacher should not be in my mind. You know, so I thought about it and I was like, what what is the teacher's role? Like, what is a teacher? So I looked it up in Google. (laughs) But, you know, I didn't go to the I had it set for images. So all of a sudden I came up with all these images and they were like these classic images of like a a lady uh, in in a skirt, you know, standing in front of a chalkboard, (laughs) writing on it with some chalk. The kids lined up in rows. You know, at their desk, maybe one of them's got his, his hand raised. And it's like there's all these antiquated images. Um, and they're just, I think they're ingrained into our societal mentality. Like, that's just how, if you say to somebody, what's a teacher do? That's what they do. They, they wear a skirt. They they have a chalkboard. And the kids raise their hand. Um, but, but interestingly enough, if I, if I Google the word facilitator, I got a whole different, just a diverse assortment of images um, from gears to idea light bulbs to illustrations of like different design processes all this stuff came up uh, nobody holding chalk nobody in a skirt <laughs> and, and using this as an analogy for our own mindset if we think of our role as the way Google Images sees our role then we're going to be stuck in that static image holding that piece of chalk forever however you know if we think of our role of that of the facilitator and we view ourselves as someone who helps to bring about an outcome uh, then <laughs> it's going to provide just this concept of an unobtrusive assistance, guidance, and supervision. We will become the light bulb, the gears. So let's talk a little bit about our role and the student's role. So let's stop thinking of ourselves as teachers and, and start thinking of ourselves as facilitators. That's that's what I want you to think about when we go through this podcast today. You are now a facilitator of the art room and, and you bring to the class um, your expertise, your expertise you bring to the class. And this 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 expertise, you know, you might have an understanding of different artistic concepts, uh, detailed knowledge of different artists or artworks. Um, you might be proficient with a variety of different skills or some specific skills and techniques. Um, And in this new role as a facilitator, you and I, we're going to share our expertise with the students as needed um, through conversations with our students. We're going to talk to them about it. We're going to to talk to them and we're going to gain insight about their ideas. We're going to determine their needs and and we're going to present our expertise accordingly. So when they say, oh, you know, this is what I'm thinking about doing, you can say, hey, I know how you can do that. Let me help you out. Let me facilitate that for you. So basically what I'm saying is that we're going to employ our expertise in order to provide opportunities for our students. We're going to facilitate by assisting them to bring about an outcome. Now, ultimately, our goal should be to make ourselves obsolete. <laughs> what, Sans? That's crazy. You want to keep my job? I know, I know, I know. But, but that's, that's the idea. We should try to make ourselves obsolete. I mean, it sounds shocking, especially to if you're a teacher-directed mindset who's been giving them projects. I, yeah, I mean, if you're giving them projects, the statement is shocking totally because without the teacher there to present the projects, then the student would not be able to make the art. But, uh, you know, students also assume the the comfort of this mindset if you if you've ever heard a student ask what are we making today then you you understand where i'm coming where i'm coming from with that so 
if we are to make artists as opposed to students who make art, and that's the name of the podcast, we need to relinquish the role to the students. We need to give it to them. Our responsibility is not to find projects. It's not to select material or determine subjects. It's none of those things. It's, it's Rather, it's like to teach students how to develop their own project ideas, how to discover media, and that, that best serves their needs, facilitating that for them. And once a student is capable of doing these things, they have become artists and we that we were trying to create. <laughs> hey, guess what? We did our job. And 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 at that point, yeah, we we become obsolete. <laughs> that's what I mean when I say that. So that's uh, that's where we're gonna go with it. So if we're taking on this role, if if the role of the teacher changes to one of that of the facilitator, then it is for certain that the role of the student has to change as well. Um, you know, in a teacher-directed classroom where the teacher decides the subject and the technique and selects it and distributes the materials and has this preconceived notion of what the final artwork will look like. The teacher's performing a lot of the role of the artist, which I've said over and over and over again. So in that situation, um, there's little for the student to do than assemble the parts to create a version of the teacher's idea. But if we're becoming the facilitator, then we're putting all of that onto the student. So let's take a look at what is the role of the student artist? What is their role going to become? And I'm going to back up to... Um, to just where how do we understand the role of the artist and i asked katherine douglas and she's a co-founder of teaching for artistic behavior so i feel like she should know <laughs> i asked her to explain it and 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 she believed um, that the artist's role came down to basically seven steps so let me i'm going to read these seven steps to you i've got them right here piece of paper the artist's role is number one to have an idea Number two is to gather your materials, gather your tools, and all the resources you need to explore that idea. Number three is to explore the idea, and that includes creating the art, but it also includes making mistakes, making changes in direction, and just kind of exploring the whole idea. Number four, they need to know when it's done. We don't set the schedule for them. They need to know when it's done. Number five, they need to put away their tools, put away the materials, put away the resources properly. Number six, they get to share and reflect on what happened. So they're going to share that art through, um, this is all through the artistic process when you think about it. They're, they're sharing it, maybe getting it on a display board or something like that. They're reflecting on it. Maybe they're writing an artist statement. All that happens, number six. And number seven goes full circle. They decide what's next. So in order to do that, we need to release a lot of control. I'm going to tell you a secret. You know what I always say? I get myself in trouble. Here it comes. Teachers can be control freaks. Uh, it's true. They can. We can tend to be control freaks. We want to control the situation. And it's sort of built into us because we need to control the class because we're the head of the class. But we need to learn to release control when it comes to creating art. And that's going to help a lot in being a facilitator. Um, the artist role list that was developed by Catherine Douglas is, is, is almost deceptively simplistic <laughs> it's almost like that's too easy when you think about it the role of the artist when presented in that manner seems obvious like i said it seems it is the artistic process and but an artist should be able to, to develop an idea and bring it to fruition however in order to do so they assume much of that responsibility previously held by the teacher we're releasing that to them so the teacher in this situation has to relinquish all this control that was previously established through the teacher directed system our projects so this 
This can be difficult, especially if you're a control freak. Sorry, but it's true. It can be difficult, uh, I guess, because you know much of these controls are put in place to show that students and the artwork are successful. And, and that is a big problem that I've talked about in a previous podcast, the authentic art one. But that can be a big problem there. If we're just worried that the kids are going to waste materials or they're just not going to make uh, quality art and we have that worry, we're going we're gonna to have a hard time releasing that control to them. So we have to be willing to make a lot of changes. Hey, if we need therapy to get through this, you know, maybe we, we can set it up. We can, <laughs> we can go to counseling. We can have therapy right here with, with Ian Sands. Okay, it gets back on track here. <laughs> so I just want to go even more into detail about how we can transfer the responsibility. So let's look at each one of these artistic steps and the new role that the student has and how the teacher and what the teacher does in that same situation. So basically each one of these roles, one through seven. So number one, role number one, have an idea. So the role of the artist is to have an idea. That means that the final decision, the direction about where the student will begin the art making process, the right to the end belongs to the artist and the student is the artist. So the artist has the ultimate say as to what, where, how, when they're gonna create the art. It's all on them. Now, this doesn't mean the artist has to develop on either separate from any outside assistance. You can step in um, and help out. Like It's more likely that an artist is gonna find inspiration from a multitude of sources, including the teacher. So our role as facilitator, definitely in that part right there, number one, is we can assist the students by providing inspiration for their consideration. I've talked about this on several levels, like with themes, I've talked about artistic behavior units, I've talked about all different ways that artists can present inspiration, and that is our role as a facilitator. So uh, you can do this through um, sharing artists, artworks, through presenting artistic concepts, con concepts, excuse me, um, or just discussing events and happenings in the world. There's so many ways that we as facilitators can help inspire them. So that's our role. That's their role in role number one. Role number two. Gather tools, materials, and resources. <laughs> what do you mean? I, as a teacher, don't have to collect the, and cut all the paper and make sure it's the right sizes and distribute you know, 23 watercolor sets? No. The artist's role regarding materials is twofold. First, the student is responsible for citing what materials and resources are gonna best support basically what he's gonna make, the fabrication of their idea visually fabricating it, their idea. Um, they need to decide which medium they should use <laughs> and, and, and which techniques um, they will incorporate to bring, to bring their, their, their vision to fruition. That's, that's their number one step there in that role. Second, uh, the student's gotta be responsible for gathering and properly handing materials and tools, right? So they need to go get them, bring them to the table, handle them correctly. Um, furthermore, the student should be able to return the materials at the end, we'll get back to that in, in the, one of the later roles. So what does that leave the teacher to do? Well, the teacher's role uh, regarding materials is also twofold, how convenient. First, our responsibility is to prepare the room so that the materials, the tools, and the resources are just easily accessible. They're just ready and available for students to use. We need to set up the room so it works for them and, 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 and they need to know how to, how to get them so we show them that as a facilitator. 
Uh, the second role of the teacher is to assist students in understanding the possibilities regarding materials, tools, and resources, right? So we have experience and understanding of all these different resources that are in the room. They don't know. So what we're going to do is we can make, as facilitators, we can, we can look for opportunities to make suggestions. We can say, hey, I kind of understand what you're doing there. Do you think this would work? Or do you think that would work? Or, hey, have you ever thought about using this or that? And we can help them with that and, and getting them to, you know, to, to use materials that what they don't know. What they don't know, they don't know. So we're gonna help them know what they don't know. But the student ultimately is responsible for deciding. So that's the difference between the teacher directed and the facilitator is the teacher directed is putting the materials out there saying you're gonna use this for this project. And what we're doing is saying, look, these are the materials you can choose from and I think some of these are gonna work really great for you. What do you think? All right, rule number three. That's explore the idea. Um, well, the student's role, is <laughs> to explore the idea. <laughs> that's that's. I guess it's straightforward. I mean, we we can't. Have, we don't have these uh, preconceived projects. So that's out the window. Uh, they, you know, we don't have these roadmaps for students to follow. So role three asks the students to develop their idea from concept to completion. Um, it includes experimentation, making mistakes, um, might have some changes they need to make. Uh, they're just in, totally in charge of the direction of the project. Our role um, and the student's role there sort of overlap um, in these situations because like the first, the student, the student has to be able to solve the problems. They have to be allowed to solve the problems. That's important. So when they're exploring the idea, they need to be allowed to solve the problems. We are not going to solve those problems for them. However, problems can arise in circumstances, including everywhere from the design, um, the composition, the material usage, where a teacher can step in and say, hey, I can help you out in this situation because I have the expertise there. So as a facilitator, I'm gonna come in and help you solve, not solve the problem, but help you solve the problem by opening your eyes to solutions uh, where, where, they, where you might not have been able, as a student or artist, might not have seen them. However, th this could be a thin line to walk. And, and I'll tell you why, because if when we allow the student to decide the course of action, uh, that may lead to another role for the student uh, that might need to be addressed. And that is that the student should be allowed to fail. Um, failure is something that should be, but it's not always <laughs> an accepted method of learning in today's culture of education. It just isn't. Um, it, you know, instead of celebrating failure like we should, a lot of times what happens in education today is that you you know you're punished. You but you get a bad grade if you fail, and so we need to be aware of that, and 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 we need to allow students to fail without any punitive results. That's the bottom line, um, and then our students will more likely or will be more likely to take risks in the future and and the more risks they take the more they're going to learn it's going to learn it's going to lead to more experimentation it's going to lead to more failure but it's going to learn it's going to lead to new ideas it's going to it's going to just open up their idea to new techniques and methods so our role is to challenge students that they're taking risks and pushing themselves to go beyond the comfort level offering suggestions but stepping back and letting them make the art there can be one more side to this coin. This coin's got a lot of sides. Um, and, and that sometimes it's okay to say no to students also. Um, just think of like if a student 
and they want to do a project and there's just little growth potential there and, and we might be okay to just go along with it and we you know but i don't think we should be afraid if they if they consistently are doing that they they want to sit in their little nests and stay safe and i think sometimes it's okay for us to push them out of that proverbial nest so sometimes i think it's okay just for us to say no or if nothing else suggest materials and techniques that that just might take their idea and just increase their their creative bank account. So let's just put it like that. Um, just don't let them settle for good. Ask that they achieve great, which is another podcast I've done. So that's just the other side of that coin there. So that takes us to uh, roll number four here, and that's to know when it's finished. Now, <laughs> if you've ever taught as a teacher, giving teacher-directed projects, I think every teacher who's done that at some point in their career has heard a student ask them, is this done? <laughs> um, you know, some teachers probably hear this on, on a daily basis. Um, it, it's pretty common among students completing teacher-directed projects when the student isn't really excited about the project or the student just wants to um, to. Uh, maybe they want to have the satisfaction of having the project, the requirements met, or maybe they're just offering, you know, asking it because they want to get the teacher, you know, to say, oh, yeah, good job or something like that. But in, in either case, in any of those cases, um, they're not accepting the responsibility as an artist. And that's really what it comes down to, because it's the artist's role to reflect on their work. And part of that reflection should include you know, not just, you know, you can ask recommendations from your teacher. Is it done? I guess. But, you know, you can you can ask for a recommendation or even from your classmates. But in the end, it has to be your decision, the student's decision, not you as a teacher. It has to be the student's decision to decide that the art is done now sides of this yes the teacher can say you know what I think you can do a little bit more here I, I and I often do this a lot I'll be like eh, you know what I like it but I, you know you can darken this area up there you can do this and you can do that and a lot of times when you make suggestions like that kids who are working on projects that they designed want to create the best project they possibly can so they'll take that advice now sometimes they won't sometimes it'll be like I like it the way it is and then teachers especially control freak teachers have trouble with that like eh, I just like it the way it is and you're sitting there going like i know this could be so much better so you've got to play that you've got to play that you know you just got to know like how far can you push the kid is this a kid that you can be like well you might think so but just keep going buddy and they'll be like all right i'll do it sans whatever or is this kid gonna like break down and cry because this is the best work they've done you don't know so you've got to know where the kid's mind frame is at but if you can push them push them there's nothing wrong with that but in the end if they say i'm done then they're done because that's their role to decide that. And you just have to back off and just be like, all right, I'm good with that. Oof. Roll six. We're at the end. <laughs> Share and reflect. Um, when, when we look at the national, uh, the visual arts standards, um, a quarter of the standards has to do with presentation. Uh, it's, it's both analyzing and evaluating the work. Um, for presentation, as well as preparing, applying methods, you know, that are going to be good for displaying the artwork. So when aligning with the standards, the role of the student is very, very clear. The student should be evaluating and determining which works of art should be selected for display. 
and uh, as well as preparing that selected work for presentation. Now, sometimes teachers are going to jump in and, and do that because they're just like, hey, I want to just put this in the case or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mat it for you or something. Maybe there's situations where the teacher just jump in and take some of that. But for the most part, it should be the student's you know, decision. And a lot of times I'll have students say to me, hey, Sans, can we put this in the display case? And sometimes I'll take it and I'll be like, hey, do you want to put this in the display? I'd like to put this in the display case. Do you want to do it? And I leave it up to them if they want to put it in the display case or not. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't, but it's their decision, so that's all up to them. Now, here is another one that will drive the more controlling teachers crazy, but sometimes there'll be an art show or a contest of such. Um, maybe it's limiting the amount of pieces that can go in, or maybe every student gets to put in a piece um, and they have to select their best work. Whatever the case, this role, number six here, includes that. That's included in role number six. What? No way, Sans. No, no, no. What are you talking about? I can't let the kids decide. Yeah, you can. You can. You can let them decide. Let's say they've got three or four pieces. Now, you can kind of guide them and be like, hey, this one would be really good. You manipulator you this one would be really good in the show don't you think but i i let kids decide what pieces they they want to put in a show let me tell you a story this is a true story of how i drove another teacher absolutely bonkers who might have been a little bit more controlling than i was at the time but we had a show and it was kind of a county-wide show and we were only allowed to select a certain amount i don't remember if it was five or seven or something like that but we were only allowed to select uh, a few pieces um, and so I told the class, I had the whole class there, and I said, uh, here's the deal. I think it was five pieces. I can only put five works of art in this show. So how many of you would like to enter your work, a piece of work, into the show? And about half the class raised their hand, and half the class didn't. And I said, all right, I'll tell you what. I'm going to give you a piece of paper. Write your name. Those people who want to be in the show, write your name on the piece of paper. They all wrote their names. I guess it was maybe 10, 15 kids. And I, I put them all on the hat, and I stood in the middle of the room, and I said, whoever's name gets pulled out, that's who's going to be in the show. It's a fair way to do it. And I reached into that, you know, and I pulled out a name, and I was like, this person, you're in the show. Congratulations. Think about a piece you want to put in the show. This person, you're in. And I pulled out the five names, and I said, I'm sorry to everybody else. Um, hopefully next time. But, you know, we tried to do it as fair as I could be right there. The other teacher uh, who had been on planning saw what was going on and flipped her lid. She was like, what are you doing? You can't do that you can't just like let them pick out of a hat how can you do that like because the idea behind it I understand her reasoning is she wanted to put the best pieces in the show possible but I just wanted them to put in the piece because I thought it was their role and you know what they picked out good pieces now they might have not have been the most talented kids in the class I might have had some kids who were more talented but they were the ones who got chosen and so they got to put the piece and I let them decide which one. So that might be a way that you don't want to do it because maybe you're sitting there right now thinking I'm out of my mind as well. Um, but, but that's how I still do it to this day. I will let students decide because I really believe that number six, that that is their role. Number six, role six, which brings us to the absolute first and last role, which is role number seven, which is deciding what's next. I remember being in the gym years ago and there was a Nike poster and it, it was a poster of, uh, of uh, inside, it was inside the gym, but the poster was a picture of a gym and there was a bench with a weight bench with weights, a barbell, you would do like bench presses. And at the end of the bench was, there was a lady sitting there and you know, she in her workout clothes and she's kind of like, you can see she just did a reps or whatever. She's kind of bent, kind of over sweating or something like that. And it, it was a Nike and it said, um, there is no finish line. 
And I always thought that's genius right there. That's There is no finish line. When you're trying to lift weights, there's no finish line. You just got to do the next set. You come back the next day. You try to get stronger. You try to get bigger. Whatever reason you're in the gym, there is no finish line. You just keep going. And I think art is the same way. There's no reason for a kid to say, you know, am I done? Yeah, I guess you're done. Um, there's no reason to say like, okay, now I can sit it out. <laughs> there's no finish line. Now you, you got to keep going. In the teacher-directed classroom, um, the role uh, uh, for the teacher is, well, is deciding when the project's over. We, as if we decide a project, we decide how long our students should take to do it, which is really kind of crazy when you think about it. Like, how does the teacher know we have ESPN or something? But that's that in a teacher-directed project, they always set the deadlines. Well, guess what? We shouldn't be doing that. We don't need to do that. The student should be setting the deadline. They've decided their project is done, and now they're going on to their next project. But perhaps the biggest issue is when the teacher designs the project and the project's over, but not everybody has finished it yet, what do you do? Or if some people finish early, what do you do? Well, now we have the problem of early finishers. I've got a group of kids who have finished early, but I thought this project was going to last till Friday and it's Thursday and they're done. Now I have to come up with like a mini project I can give those kids who finished early. And now the project's over. It's Friday. I gave those other kids projects. The other kids finished up the project on Friday like I expected them to, but there's still five kids who haven't finished. So do I allow them to keep working or do I punish them because they actually took their time and were trying to do quality work? Or do I punish them because they were goofing off? and they should have been spending their time working either way they're getting punished right probably give them a bad grade that all goes away with roll seven decide what's next guess what johnny you're done great there's no finish line what are you going to do next Just go back to number one and number one is have an idea <laughs> so to wrap it up when the student is allowed to decide what's next the art making process comes full circle that's right. It's back to the beginning. If the student returns to role number one, they have to have their idea. The cycle begins again, and, and it alleviates need for filler projects, and, and it just ensures that the students are not sitting around idly. Ultimately, like I said, there's no finish line. So back to number one, we started all over again. I guess you got to rewind the date and listen to this podcast again. If not, if you're done, check out artistsouthb.com. Um, I got free resources there about the nine, about artistic behaviors, about there's lots of videos and artists and all kinds of stuff. You can just swipe, steal, take what you need, and it's all free. And if you want to spend a buck, hey, buy the open art room or making artists. I hear they're good books. I've never actually read them myself, but I get... I, I hear good things online about them. So <laughs> check them out until next week. Mm -hmm.